This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Back Foot with me, Alistair Wood. Um, joining me today, we have Charlie Baker. Hello. Jamie Rutherford. Hello. And Bart Shaw. Hello. How are we all doing, gents? We all had a good day? Yeah, not, not too bad. Been all right. Just been, been at work. It's a little bit more like a normal kind of... Shock horror. Life, Jamie you know? Rutherford's back at work. After his, after his four-month hiatus, he's <laughs> back earning money again. Do you know what? It's, it sounds really stupid, but it's actually quite hard. From having the, the, all the time off work and being able to kind of just run and then eat and essentially rest, feeling really quite good for a majority of my running. The last couple of weeks, I've kind of got gone back to working and spending a good portion of my day, like kind of sitting down just in one spot, not moving, kind of being a little bit hunched over um not able to see like i just get like really stiff and sore and uncomfortable and then it just makes running that little bit less unpleasant and just kind of yeah it's kind of it'd be awesome being a professional athlete and just having having to do lockdown for the rest of your life (laughs) that's it isn't it a a furloughed pro you're kind of an 80 percent pro basically were you were you about to get some virtual physio advice from charlie baker there i don't know yeah sorry what were you going to say charlie no, I was just going to say that, like, you just said you've been sat down all day at work, and I was thinking, what a lazy dentist. Mine normally stands up and actually bothers to look in my mouth. Don't do it from the desk, you know. Actually, talking of that, I've been, I've been wondering this. What are, what are people's teeth like after all these months of not going to the dentist? It, I mean, not, not too bad, because thankfully they had a good dentist beforehand, so the, the work... Right. Okay, where, which dentist were they on beforehand? <laughs> yeah, how like... come they moved to you? Hey, <laughs> uh, Yeah, thankfully, not not too not too many issues to sort out. Uh, so yeah, it's been okay. It's been all right. My orthodontist came out in like full PPE, you know, like the whole shebang. And that's I... just because it's you, Charlie, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> your breath, because your breath stinks. <laughs> You're like, oh god, here he comes. <laughs> I always leave a little bit of spinach in there, just so you know. Just in case you get hungry later. <laughs> Actually, that has been a real bonus of braces. <laughs> I find that about my beard. Covering chicken in it, like, a couple of hours later. Oh, no. I think I think what you say is kind of true, Jamie. Like I've kind of been working the whole way through, but this last, like three, four weeks has kind of really ramped up in terms of workload and I'm kind of back to where I was kind of before lockdown. So even though, even though I was working during lockdown, you know, the, the workload was pretty, pretty uh, kind of toned back. But the last like three weeks has been kind of really full on and I've, my, my running, even though I was working through lockdown, I was running loads and I was getting loads of biking done like every day. It was great. And then this last like three weeks, I've kind of off the wagon. Um, I've been going, still going like once or twice a week, but I've lost that structure quite quickly. Do you hate um, running again, Ali? No, no. Annoyingly, this is a weird kind of moment in my life where I love running, but I can't go or I'm not going enough, which yeah. is kind of a very perfect storm. It accounts for about half a percent of my lifetime, but I'm missing running and I can go running, but it's when you, well, everyone knows what it's like. You've had a long day at work and you get home and the last thing you want to do is lace up your trainers and get going at the moment. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to, to yeah. kind of get, getting a bit of structure back into my training again, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. And Charlie, I've seen you casting around on the internet for marathons to do. Did you find any? Uh, was your marathon cancelled, Charlie? What's happened with it? Yeah, well, I was going to do Edinburgh and that just got called off. So I hadn't actually entered that. So that's good because my, my, what I'm getting afraid of is next year I'll have about 15 races that have been rescheduled. Um, I was going to do the Great North Run. That's been put back. And then I was going to do Chester Marathon because me and a friend had a sort of feeling that it might still just go ahead just because it's quite a small race and it's in October and, you know, everyone, everyone's pretending COVID hasn't happened anymore. So around about October time, it might might just about be ready for a marathon, but now they've called it off. So I think Manchester Marathon got cancelled as well. That was the other one someone was putting out there. So yeah, I saw got... you, um, you mentioned that Nottingham Christmas December marathon. Yeah, and I was going to put that one out there and I was thinking, ooh, is that the one that your friend did where he just ran around? It is. It was, I got actually quite bizarrely psyched for it. Like, you know, the sort of so bad it's good type thing. That's how he, that's how he made it sound, wasn't it? What, what was your friend called again? A lovely guy. Ed, Ed Stevens. Yeah, massive shout out to Ed Stevens. And actually very, um, little plug for, for his business, Run Africa. He lives out in Ethiopia. Uh, and if you want to go and have a great running holiday, do some high altitude training out in uh, Ethiopia uh, with some uh, amazing Ethiopian runners, then give uh, Run Africa a Google. Ed and Stevens. a nice guy too. He was very sort of like yeah, quite a, quite, a, quite a friendly character. Lots lots of good chat. And Lovely guy. Yeah, I've been been at school been at school with him since I was eight, so I've known him a long time. I mean, so, that's, yeah, got the, so, that's got the makings of a on-the-back-foot trip, kind of Top Gear-esque. Oh, let's do it. We've got £10 to buy the cheapest pair of second-hand trainers we can. Right, on the Top Gear front, who is Clarkson, who is May, and, and who is the hamster? That means one of us must be the stick, surely. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Bart is definitely <laughs> May. <laughs> can I be Flintoff? <laughs> oh yeah, it's changed now, isn't it? Oh, I guess I'm. Well. I guess I'm Paddy McGuinness because I'm the token Northerner. I don't even know who the other ones are. Hey, I'm more northern than you. No, yeah, you are too. That's that's that. But you're kind of too far north. It kind of goes too far. You're basically Scottish, Jamie. Anyway, I was going to go back to this um, this Nottingham Marathon. Is you know, have you ever been to Home Pierpoint? Yeah, I've done a couple of tries oh, there. Yeah, the Water Sports Centre. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's there, and it's laps of this. I think it's like eight laps. Of yeah. this reservoir it's really cool it's really like low key you know I went there just to support Ed hand him a gel every 20 minutes or however long it took him to go around there's a little cafe uh, it's just it's sort of hilarious it's like and you watch people you know set off all sort of bright eyed and bushy tailed and then sort of six laps in <laughs> it's like you know the walking dead yeah. zombies it's savage <laughs> I did a, um, I did the um, National Triathlon Relay Championships there, and the run leg was just one lap of that reservoir. So basically, it's a big rowing lake, so it's not even a reservoir. It's just, yeah, really, really long. And I, all I remember, I think it's 7K a lap, I think. But I remember turning around the bottom of the lake, the very far end of the lake, and where the finish line is up by the top. Yeah. And um, I remember Erdinger were the sponsors, you know, the alcohol-free beer. 
yeah. and they'd got this giant sort of 30 foot tall inflatable pint glass by the finish line and I remember turning the punters all oh, right last push to home and turned and this pint glass was absolutely tiny and I was like right okay I'll look up again in a minute looked up again and it was still tiny and I was like oh it was absolutely soul destroying I can't imagine I said I did one lap of it yeah, yeah. To, to do a marathon around it jeez man that just sounds horrible but was, was the race like a, a Christmas themed one with like fancy dress and stuff because I I was looking to do a half marathon there and uh, it was called the let's go round again half marathon. <laughs> so it worked on two levels because obviously it was multiple laps, but then it was also disco themed. Nice. So they were encouraging everyone to like wear neon and they were going to have like disco DJs at checkpoints. And yeah, it sounded like they just always did novelty events just around this place. I think that there was a bit of that. There wasn't any fancy dress. There were definitely some banging Christmas tunes playing. They had like a sound system, a speaker at the sort of at the start slash finish line. And so every time you came past, every time they came past, you know, you, they'd have a little bit of, you know, whatever it is, wham, last Christmas. Is that wham? That is wham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick on the playlist, Charlie. Yeah, put it on the playlist. Great. Absolute classic. Um uh, but it was, yeah, no, it was it definitely actually appealed to me um, just because it was quirky and odd and, mm. and low key. No, it's, it's, it's interesting what you say about um, events, Charlie. Like you say, everything's getting postponed and next thing we know, like everyone's 2021 will be packed full of race every other weekend kind of thing. It's pretty crazy. But it's as it's been really interesting kind of following Twitter and following a lot of the kind of elite athletes and sort of semi-elites um, over the past couple of months, because obviously all of their kind of A races have been been cancelled. So there seems to be a massive spate of people getting out there and doing FKTs at the moment and kind of setting records on byways and bridleways and kind of these well-known kind of walking and hiking routes in the UK. Like, I think obviously the, the main one at the moment, we're re- recording this on, on Thursday and John Kelly's just broken the Pennine Way FKT, uh, which is pretty darn incredible, which is basically the, the Montane Spine Race. Um, and I say I think it's, it's quite interesting. A lot of the pros, basically, because they've not been able to race, have just started getting out and smashing themselves over like multiple days to try and break these records. It's pretty cool to watch, actually, on Twitter. Yeah, last last week was incredible. I mean, what a what a week for endurance running. Um, Sabrina Virgi, obviously, with the mm. rain lights. Kim Collinson. There's another there's another gentleman whose name I didn't recognise, but did a huge, massive, like five day push up in Scotland. I think could have tried to do all the Munros. It's, it's pretty mad. Like we, I know there's a, a lady called Jo Meek who's a, a Scots athlete and she's done a couple of FKTs down in Cornwall on a lot of the coastal paths and stuff down there. It's, it's actually quite cool, the fact that there's no races on and people are just getting out and kind of doing, doing cool things rather than kind of this structured racing that we were all so used to. It's be interesting to you know, see kind of their motivation behind it whether it's now going to be a thing you know like I say I'm a big cycling follower like the hour record in cycling is is a very sought after thing like pro riders will go after it and whether these FKTs will become a you know a, a sought after title of you know owning the record on particular routes you know I don't think it's massively a thing in the UK you know there's obviously a few things like the bobs and things and you kind of people go after but it'd be interesting to see if FKTs become a you know become a thing definitely yeah. and some of them have been just like you know, mind-boggling, sort of six days, mm. six days of running. I mean, I, I struggle with six hours of running, 
I mean, yeah, I really struggle with six hours of running. A lot of people would say I struggle with six minutes of running, but six days is yeah. like, it's unbelievable. Mm. So th- this gentleman that I just, just re- referred to, Ian Stewart, he completed was what he referred to as the Cairngorm Park Run. Uh, five <laughs> days, five days and 22 hours, 58 Munro's bags, 400 kilometers with 20,000 plus meters of climbing across it and ample bog and heather. And there's just a great picture of him just lying. Looks like he's passed out on the floor with a Labrador next to him at the end of it. So, yeah. What a legend. This time of year as well in the Kangle, midges. Yeah. Tick. You'll have ticks nestled in all sorts of places, won't he? Oh, no. I think it's cool because I think obviously there's well established. Um, you know, challenges like the, the, the Wainwright and the Bob and the Lakes 24-hour challenges and the Ramsey and the Buckley Round and everything. But then I think, yeah, it gives people a bit of freedom just to go and run and come up with something new. They have their own ones. Tom, Tom, we talked about it with Tom, just some of the crazy yeah. runs he's done. Stu, I think, yeah. doing the James Lowe Round. And people, yeah. You've just and that was literally run. just something that this guy invented, wasn't it? You know, yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to, yeah it's nice that these these will happen around around the country hopefully as well because like we all we all know especially in terms of mountain running and ultra running you know realistically the hotbed is is the lakes and and scotland to some extent and, and luckily for us the peak district has got a lot of running but there's, there's an awful lot of... oh that's unreal yeah there's definitely a few people get annoyed about that well, well, my point is... You give him a chance. He hadn't come around to the world. How are Scottish followers feel about you saying, well, the hot ones, the hot I said Scotland. The lake and Scotland to some extent. <laughs> to some extent. Anyway, <laughs> my, point is, my point is, my point is, Mr. Pedantic, is there's a lot of areas of the UK that people love running. I've got, you know, friends that live over Lincolnshire Way who love running long distances off-road. Um, and they often feel as though all the races, all the races are in the lakes, in the peaks, in Wales, in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my point is, you've kind of got three or four kind of hot places where yeah, these events are. Thank, thank you, mate. <laughs> um, but hopefully, these FKTs can start kind of, I don't know, giving a bit of kudos back to you know places in the UK that necessarily don't get, I don't know, don't get their dues in terms of the nice running they have. You know, yeah. just because you're not running up a super steep hill. Yeah. doesn't mean it's a really incredible place to go running. You know, I went to the Norfolk Broads a couple of years ago and I always just thought Norfolk Broads was pan flat and a bit boring. Um, sorry to anyone living in, in Norfolk, but I went there, I went running and it was incredible. You know, I'm so used to running in hills and stuff and just presume flat running is boring. But some of the scenery you've got in these places are all over the UK. Um, you know, hopefully these kind of FKT challenges can just, whether they just stay as FKTs or whether people, you know, race organisers start noticing these challenges as... Yeah something worthwhile and, and putting events on in, in places, you know, that don't necessarily have the events at the moment, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really like that that sentiment. In the end, Ali, when you sort of... <laughs> I don't like the Welsh. <laughs> My fiance's Welsh, I'm allowed to say it. So I don't like the Welsh. <laughs> so we were just talking a little bit about the uh, fastest known times throughout the UK that have been popping up um, and this is someone who quite clearly has the potential to one day put down a fastest known time she's been uh, putting some pretty 
speedy times out there in the local scene. Um, I think a few of us at Totley definitely noticed her when she ran early in. Tigger Tour. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, at Tigger Tour, definitely made a bit of an impact on the, uh, the, the Totley running club and the Totley running scene. Uh, so we, we've got a chat here today with uh, Philippa William. Hello, welcome. Hello, hello everyone. Yeah, you doing? You're all right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's sun shining. So. We, we, we've had a few guests on already and we normally tend to start by asking, especially with the lockdown, how people's running's going, what kind of crazy stuff they've been up to. But I've noticed you've not been doing as, as much running recently, Philippa, and I've seen, you hobbling, <laughs> I've seen you hobbling about with a boot on and some crutches. So what's, what's the story? What's going on at the minute? Uh, yeah, not doing any running at all at the moment. Um, I think obviously went too hard too early in lockdown and thought it was a great chance to do loads and loads and loads of running. Uh, and ended up with a stress fracture. Shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, you, you can swear, Jamie. We put an explicit thing on the you, podcast. You fine. <laughs> swear as much as you want. I mean, it was it was shit. It has been shit. <laughs> how how soon into the lockdown did it happen? Uh, so I'm at five and a half weeks. So okay. I, you know, coming out of lockdown, I hope's opening. Everybody can go for runs together, meet up, and. I can't go for any runs. Oh, You've been nice. doing some pretty epic kind of stuff. <laughs> I'd seen you doing some like mega mountain marathon runs on your own and around the peaks. So it looked like you were really... <laughs> I was really, yeah, I was, I'd come back to the peaks and was like, oh, this is great. And was like, oh, I'm going to go for quite a long run today because I've got the whole day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a marathon. Uh, and then did it again the week after, which was... I've never ever run longer than 12, 13 miles before that. <laughs> 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 so you said you're five, you're five and a half weeks into having the fracture. Um, how's the recovery going? What's the time scale for when you might be able to start doing some running again or light jogging? Or I don't know. I don't, what's the what's the deal with it? Uh, so I think it was a really strict nothing at all for two weeks, and then I think I tried to do that, and then I've probably been less strict since then. Uh, so been doing quite a bit of cycling uh, over the last week or so and then it's hopefully an easy start few minutes of jogging next week but I mean it's a minute jog a minute walk if you don't mind me asking how are you going to find that like I've I've had injuries I think we've we've all had injuries in the past and coming out of an injury we all know that we should take it easy um but I'm rubbish at it do you reckon you're going to be pretty good at right I need to be you know stick with this if it's not hurting I still need to stick to my minutes or do you think there's a potential for getting a bit excited there's definitely, yeah. I think already <laughs> the last few weeks I've been like, oh, I can wean out the boot and basically have not really been wearing the boot very much. <laughs> Went for quite a few lengthy walks in the Lake District last weekend that probably shouldn't have done. So I'm worried, yeah, that when I start jogging, I'll be like, this feels great. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've all done it. Yeah. I think Charlie said, obviously, you've kind of sprung onto the running scene. We kind of first saw you doing some of the Totty Fell races. It feels like the last 18 months... Uh, you've just been, sorry if I'm rubbing salt into the wound, but you've been, getting, <laughs> been like winning races, setting course records, breaking PBs. I think some of our listeners might know that you ended the year earning a GB vest, running at the World Mountain Running Championships and getting a bronze medal. It was like you've been doing some awesome running and then obviously you're not running now. I mean, has it been pretty tough not being able to run? Has it been yeah. pretty pretty hard? Hard yeah it's been really really hard I think I mean you always hear people injured and you're like, oh that must be really hard for you like, I can't imagine not running but it 
I can't, yeah, I could never imagine it. It's been so, so difficult. And you're right, especially off the back of everything um, and enjoying it so much. Yeah. Been, yeah. yeah. I can imagine it's been tough, but I suppose that you've got, you've got to take the positives out of it. And, you know, you're kind of so fresh in your kind of running career and you're still young. And like, I suppose you've, kind of not being horrible you kind of learnt your lesson of not getting too carried away and when you're running these longer distances you just you know we, we need to be careful don't you and it's yeah. I suppose it's yeah it's never nice being injured and that's you know the last thing I'd say but I think sometimes almost uh, me personally I say sometimes I need an injury to kind of rein myself in and go right okay no let's do this properly let's you know I think yeah definitely it's made me reflect a lot on being like mm. just running without any plan any coaching any structure at all is that's not really a thing you can do. I'm just being like, oh, every day I'm just going to go try run fast uh, and have no, I have no idea what my weekly mileage is. I have no training plan. I just like run each day a little, or not every day, but just run every week and just have no idea what I do one week compared to the next. Just made me realize that's not really a very good way to train. Um, but I mean, I wish I could realise that and then just be out for like a week. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't need to be out for six months to realise that. <laughs> oh, completely, that. yeah, I've reflected, yeah, yeah. I've, on day one. I've done the reflecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got the point. Yeah, yeah, I've learnt my lesson. Yeah, I've been, yeah. on, the, I've been on the naughty step for too long. I'm, yeah. I mean, to an extent, you say that you don't record your mileage, you just don't really record your training, but that, that doesn't seem to have been doing you much, much harm. Mm, you have to completely. Be, you've obviously been running really well. Have you always run like that? When did you even start running? Because I know you came to Sheffield to work for your job as a doctor. Were you running at uni? Did you start running when you were a bit younger? Have you just got a bit more into running recently? What's, uh, what's the story there? So I started running, I think, in sixth form uh, and did like a few. When everybody else had got bored across country, I appeared on the scene. So again, <laughs> quite easy to look quite good because there's about three people that <laughs> yeah. turn up to sixth form cross country races. Uh, and then carried on running in uni but I think uni life just like didn't really gel very well with me trying to do training so I just like ran on the side uh, and then when I came up here I thought it was time to join a club and actually try and train and I think surprisingly it's made a real difference actually going to training. Yeah. Kind of, so you moved to Sheffield in what two two years ago a year and a half ago so it has been a real kind of market rise in yeah. terms of meteoric uh Right, it must be like, when did you, when did you realise, uh, so you're probably going to be modest and, and not like asking this, answering this question, but when did you realise actually, you know, you might have some talent or you might be quite good at this particular sport? Mm, I don't know. I like, was always like fast-ish when I was at uni and then I guess doing a few of the races and actually having done some training. I think last summer was like a big turning point for me to up to races and be like oh this is going quite well uh, i think if i can interject i think the point that i definitely realized that you were a really <laughs> flipping good runner it was the sheffield half marathon and i was actually out with bart spectating yeah and we'd, we'd seen you come steaming up the hill just looking effortless all the way up towards ringing low i thought okay maybe could have could have overshot things here see how it pans out and then we were back down uh, Ecclesaw Road, you know, maybe one mile, two miles left to go. And you just came absolutely flying by, flat out sprinting downhill, just grinning, like waving, looking like you I was just so happy. Looking that was like you were just races. like, just done a quick 400, <laughs> just jogged around. 
and you had hardly broken a sweat and you were absolutely trouncing the women's field and, and most of the men's field as well and you just looked effortless and super happy and I think we were both like yeah like Philip has got some legs. It was a good race I really enjoyed that race yeah. I like, I like that response it was a good race it was a good race. <laughs> did that did that maybe make you think oh wow like I've really got got something was there a, was there a moment in the last two years where you thought okay I, I am I'm kind of a big deal you know, I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the Sheffield half was at the beginning of the summer season last year. And I think that was like a big PB for me at the time. Um, and just like great to do it in a place where you know a few people. It just it was a nice, yeah, good event. Yeah. And, and was there then kind of following on from that, like, like you say, you kind of noticed, that, okay, this is, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the kind of success. Did you kind of then I don't know concentrate on it more did it become more of a right okay I'm going to start training I'm going to start picking races that I want to try and go and do or did it still sort of kind of maintain a kind of oh I'll just go and do bits and bobs kind of have a bit of a play around see what I like kind of thing or I think I didn't particularly have a plan to be honest I think just it transpired that in the summer in a normal summer uh, there's quite a lot of like races like one a week one every or more in the evening so it's just like a nice summer evening thing to do Mm -hmm. so I just kind of and I think for me races is better than I like improve way more from doing like a race every week than I do from doing a training session and I think it just like helped my me improve my running yeah I mean I've definitely waxed lyrical about the summer fell races in the Peter Strip on this podcast before they're just amazing it's just great yeah it's such a nice scene as well um but I really like so so am I right in thinking that the Totley Moor was your first first sort of Bell race, that's yeah, amazing. So, how did it go from Totley Moor, which for the listeners who don't know Sheffield or the Petersfield very well, you know, it's a it's a lowish key, maybe three or four hundred runners on the outskirts of Sheffield, up and down a few local hills. Is it AS? What what cast fell race is it? AS. Uh, I can't even remember. I think it is. It's a short fell race. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, it's actually really competitive mm. because uh, it's very popular. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's essentially a local race. How did it? So, what was the journey from turning up on a Tuesday evening and doing Totley Moor to representing Great Britain in the in the World Championships? Uh, it's quite a short journey, which I think. Uh, so, I did that race. I did, I think, like Bamford also local foul race and another one uh, and then somebody I met at one of them uh, the, I think the Bamford one was like oh you should go to the England trials it's happening in a few weeks um, and I was like mm, okay like I had a friend that was coming to stay that weekend and I was like you know what we could do I was like there's a race that like I might qualify for England for if we do it she was like I was like do you want to go so we drove over where, where was it where was it Peniston oh, Pen- it began with a yeah pen. okay yeah um, somewhere like Past Manchester, I don't know. It was like a couple oh, no, of not, Was it Pendle Pendle Hill? Pendle Hills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it a go. I've done quite well in these little like local ones. Uh, so it turned up my poor friend who'd come to visit was just going to spectate, and they were selling running stuff at the sh- at the like start. She said, like, oh, maybe I'll just join in, and she joined in as well, which was nice. Legend. And then I ended up 
for winning that race. Uh, and some man came up to me afterwards and was like, you've just got yourself an England uh, vest and place. And I was like, what? Uh, and then, yeah, ended up, I think the next race after that was the one down in Snowdon. So it was like race five that I'd ever done of a foul race, which is the GB trials. Um, How far was that? Was kind of relatively short, or what was it like? I think relatively short compared. Yeah, maybe like. Do you just run up and down Snowdon, or? No, you actually don't go anywhere near Snowdon. Okay. Well, near it's Mount. Some of the mountains near it. There's some like little, little (laughs) ones. I don't know either, but but don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, the names. Yeah, so you run up and down those, um, and that was quite fun. And yeah, I came second. So, so then some lady was like. Get to go to Argentina. So a career low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> the first time you've got one. I got worse, didn't I? I feared that we were on after. So. Okay. <laughs> so literally, so from from the race in Snowdon, the selection race in Snowdon, the next off road race, the next fell race, mountain race was was Argentina. Was the world champs? Yeah. So you've Come gone on. from first race at Totley Moor, which is April. It's May. Uh, April, May, April, May, May sort of time. May, it was May, yeah. Race one in April, first off-road race, to Argentina race five. Yeah. Which was October, he says. Argentina was November. November. So Okay, sorry. So you've had five months. Yeah. Five That's months amazing. from first like- fell race to World Mountain Running Championships. And where, and where did you come at the World, Running, World Mountain Champs? don't really know what happened there. I don't know how that happened. Come uh, on then, where did you finish? Uh, I came third. Came third. That's, that's fantastic. I, I, rem- I can genuinely remember finding this out. It's like when you hear about Diana dying and various other things. I can remember. <laughs> not that it, it was a lot better than that. A lot better than that. A lot, much, much, much happier than that. But <laughs> it sounds really weird, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I, I can generally remember sitting at work on my laptop and seeing it come up on my Twitter feed. And I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I knew you were good because obviously I you know, knew you through Sheffield and I'd met you a couple of times, I think, briefly before then. But I was like, I knew you were going and I was like, that's so good she's going. I'm so happy for her and kind of thing. But like, wow. Like, I wasn't expecting it. I don't know. think anybody I, was. I definitely know. And so how did that race go then? You know, yeah. you, you kind of said you'd kind of go through your training, kind of, oh, I'll just go running and, you know, you're racing. Is that similar? Did you go into that race yeah. thinking? I did this, this thing where I uh, start off as fast as I can uh, every single race. <laughs> um, see, Bart, I told you, it's a great Jamie yeah. Rutherford. Yeah, it's Jamie Rutherford tactic. <laughs> um, but it's become quite a thing. So like the Great North Run where I was leading ahead for like 400 metres, I was storming ahead for the first uh, half kilometer and then the hill hit and I was like oh maybe this is quite difficult and then the river crossing hit and I was like oh yeah this is really difficult uh, and was like back in maybe like ninth or tenth place and then up the hills just slowly picking people off, sort of picking people off. on the downhill was like oh my goodness I think I'm coming third what's going on I was gonna say were you kind of tracking your place in your head or were you quite literally go out hard let's just run see how it goes or were you like hang on a minute I'm actually doing quite well here when I stood on the start line I was like what is this like how am I even here this is like amazing and I just would would have been happy just finishing anywhere um and then when I was getting closer and closer to the front I was like oh my goodness I'm gonna come home it's like sixth place in the world it's like Oh my goodness! I'm going to come home with fifth place in the world. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's so incredible! I absolutely love it. Yeah, and was it a similar thing? So, 
England, the England trials that you won, right? Yeah, how did that? I mean, how did? I'm just, I'm just thinking. At what, at what point are you thinking? There's no one here with me. Like, what's, what's going on, and what's going through your head at that point when you kind of realise? Is, is it scary? Is it exciting? What's it like? I think it's exciting. I think that's why I smile a lot when it happens. I like buzzing about it being like this has got to be some sort of mad dream like what is happening uh and i think that was my face for definitely the last couple of kilometers in that race i've been like oh my goodness this is not happening but also just beaming it must be pretty pretty cool to just to be in that position it must just feel yeah. so you must be buzzing yeah yeah actually when i talk about it i feel like i forget about it this part of my life that's happened and it's nice to remember and be like oh yeah and that was quite cool. I think with, with, the whole, with the whole experience, obviously you, you went out and you had the race. How, how long was the race? Uh, that was quite long, like 15k, I think. Okay. And had you had a chance to see the course before, or recce, or did you know what was coming? Was there any... I mean, you said, okay, I'm going to go off hard at the start. Did you have any other tactical plans? Because this was you know, a pretty serious race, maybe. Maybe a, you know, your first fell race, you knew you were reasonably quick and probably... By, by virtuous speed alone, probably win. But this is like the creme de la creme. You may have to play it a little bit differently. Did you have any thoughts about tactics? Do you ever have thoughts about <laughs> tactics? Or in this case of run fast? I think, I wish I had had tactics. I think it was just naivety is the only reason I did as well as I did. I think I stood on that line being like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know these like big people that are like everyone's watching out for. I don't really know what I'm doing. I was like, I'm just going to run this race as I'd run every other race and just try and go out and see what happens uh, and I think it's much harder for the other people that like know everybody you know who you want to be you know who you're normally behind or in front of and I think that can play with you a bit more I think I just was just like well it's fun if it goes yeah, well completely. Yeah, that's it running, running without any kind of barriers you know you know we can all overcomplicate things sometimes and I think there's a lot to be said for tactics but equally running without any kind of yeah worries or fears about expectations or anything and actually just running like you would do run at home, you know, just enjoy it, you know, and obviously, and obviously that works for you. Like you say, we've, we've already said about 10 times in this, this interview, the amount of times we've all seen you running with a massive smile on your face. And it's obviously something that works well for you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not one for that. I'm definitely running angry and I just want it to finish and try and get to the end as quick as possible. But you seem to come at the opposite end of the spectrum of just enjoy the moment and loving life kind of thing. It's, it's obviously, it works for you. And, you know, it's, I guess, had, had like, we were talking about your training, like adding more structure in and, you know, injury prevention and stuff, but kind of running for the love of it and the feel of it obviously works. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of a fine line, isn't it? Between putting structure in and putting tactics in because that's what you should do in inverted commas. But, you know, it's obviously working very well for you. Just getting out and loving it, you know? Yeah. I think I'm not very good at being told what to do as well, which is uh, <laughs> putting me off the whole coach vibe. Are you going to then have to write your own schedule there, Philippa? Is that going to be and tell yourself what to do or does that not work? I think I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to like maybe start using my Garmin watch that I've got that I just normally just use as a pretty watch on my wrist or like start doing some sort of, looking at what I'm doing maybe a little bit more. It is really interesting that that like going off hard. I mean, has it worked at all of the races that you've had since Sheffield Half or have you had pretty mixed results? Because actually I'm thinking that I think you went storming past me at Sheffield Half and... Did I beat you? Yeah, I'm pretty... Yes! I love it. 
we, we might have also raced at Barlow and Percy Pud, and I think you had gone up a bit too hard on those. But the thing is, if you've stuck to form and you've gone up hard, because I've tended to have too many coffees and start too fast, and then I've changed, changed <laughs> my tactics. <laughs> <laughs> and I've changed my tactics as a result. And I don't know, I'm kind of in admiration of you just going, now nah, I go hard. That's it. I just, so, so like, you know, because if it might be one day that going hard from the start, yeah, of course you blow up, but it might be another day that it was the day to go hard. Um, at the start of the race and much like you've had success with no schedule and then got an injury you've also had a lot of success without the schedule and then you see what I, there's there's that yeah. there's that middle ground isn't there yeah I had an ultimate backfire in the Great North Run this year so I was very lucky to get an elite number so I stood at the front and got completely carried away that I was live on BBC uh, and did my wave to the cameras when they were trying to get in the famous people behind. There was me <laughs> waving. Uh, and they said go. And next to, I unfortunately can't remember, the, the girl who's got, who did one hour four in the half marathon, I decided to take her on at yeah, the beginning. Uh, and there's about 600 metres on live BBC One uh, where there's just me ahead of the whole Great North Run. They haven't even started the masses, just me absolutely gunning. And they're like, uh, who is this girl? And then... <laughs> Mile nine, I got the world's worst stitch and could barely run, and yeah, but worth it for my yeah, well worth it, yeah, yeah. well worth it. That sounds more like my my experience of uh, starting fast and trying to hang on. I was going to so you know um, for for those of our listeners and and I mean I'm still obviously holding out for my GB vest. Um, I'm sure it's coming soon. Uh, but for those the eighties will be a thing, Bart. Don't worry. <laughs> Maybe in the in the masters category, yeah. Uh, when I'm yeah, forty in a couple of years. But for those of us who aren't ever going to experience what it's like, you know, going on a going on a trip with the GB team, you know, what what's it like? What's the what what happens? Is you know, what's the the flight? So you're going out in a big team together? Is it? Yeah, so you have to travel. You have to travel in the kit, which is, I had a bit of a, I think everything, I'm quite an unlucky person. So I had a bit of a disaster going to the trip. So it was when we had the flooding in Sheffield. Yeah. And I'd had to work like a, a run of nights to be able to get some leave to go. So I'd gone to my nights. The day before, I tried to go to sleep in my room and there's a big crack down the middle of my ceiling. All water started leaking through and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't deal with this now. Went off to work having had no sleep. Did this night shift. Uh, to find out in the morning they'd cancelled and I don't have a car so I rely on the trains they'd cancelled all trains back to Sheffield because of the flooding and I was like I've got to get to Manchester airport today so I went into the doctor's office asked some asked everybody that was in there didn't know any of them being like hello is anybody driving back to Sheffield somebody offered me a lift very kindly so I got back to Sheffield managed to get on like a four-hour train from here to Manchester airport eventually got there rocked up like soaking wet really tired and was like everybody so sorry i'm late like i've had a disaster and everybody just looked at me like (laughs) i love that (laughs) so the flight uh so i ended up like hanging out with the junior girls so there was like a 16 year old and 18 year old girl that were like the only people that would talk to me um initially i think uh again probably i didn't maybe read the situation right i guess for a lot of people it's a huge huge thing and i was just like 
this is a great fun trip. We get to go to Argentina. <laughs> Holidays. Yeah. Uh, and do they, do, do you pay for it or? No, no. they wow. pay for the go to Patagonia. Yeah. Oh man, I should start yeah. trying more. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely get there if you do. Yeah, definitely. I'll put I'll, think... I'll put this beer down. I'll put the beer down. <laughs> Ali, I don't think they'd let you run with the sixteen and eighteen year old girls. You'd stand out too much. <laughs> Shave. <laughs> I'm finding this absolutely fascinating. So yeah, what's well, the you get well, to Argentina? What's it like? They, I think, obviously the accommodation differs every time, but for this one, all of the senior girls were put in one room together. Uh, so it was like a little apartment room. <laughs> it was like everybody had their own little routines. People were doing stretching. There was like, I don't know, strengthening going on. So I was like, I've got four days here before the race. I don't get four days off very often, so I'm going to make the most of it. So I went and did a few walks, went swimming in the lake quite a lot, uh, went down the high street, went to the little like shops for ice cream I just like was like oh I'm just going to enjoy it um and not get freaked out by everybody else doing their stuff mm. did you do any running at all or did you uh, I think we ran on the first day maybe and we all went for like a team run uh we had a layover in uh what's the capital of Brazil Brazilian oh. You won't oh, explain to Brazil. Argentina, maybe. Oh, uh, Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Yeah, we had a night there, and we all went for a team run there. So I went for a run there, and then I went for a run one other day. And, and are, there, are there coaches? Are there people telling you what to do? And Yeah, so there's a, like a leader, a team coach, and then there's like there was like three other people and a team physio um, and a team doctor. And, and what, what did they make of, of you and your approach to training and your like ultra serious <laughs> yeah, so I think they didn't really I think there wasn't big expectations for me so I was at the back and started back at the like, GB in the pen and I think they were kind of like oh just let her do her thing cool. uh, and then when it all happened they were like what what <laughs> um yeah I think it was a big surprise I was gonna say have there been any sort of follow-up since do they you know are they taking an interest in in you and your running or is it in you know <laughs> silence uh so little bits of interest so uh beta uh running has been very kind and given me some stuff and also i've had some stuff from on which is yeah. nice and then i think well it's a shame because obviously this the summer season in europe hasn't happened but there was quite a few races that i think have offered me places to do um, and go over, which would have been, was going to be great. Which ones? Uh, so Sierra's now. Oh, that's really amazing. Yeah, which I was so excited to do. It's meant to be in a few weeks' time. Um, and then there's a couple in Italy uh, that have also said things. Yeah. And how have you, if you don't mind me asking, how have you found that in terms of, you know, realistically, just over a year ago, you were in a nice possible way, fairly unknown in the running world, um, to now you're a, you know, a, a, a medalist on the global scale and you've, you've, you know, you've got brands that are supporting you in, in On and Ultimate Direction and you've got races, in, big international races that a lot of people will struggle to get entry for. Oh, from a places. Like how, how, how has that been? Like, has it been kind of like really nice and, you know, quite easy to kind of get 
to terms with but I don't know or has it been a bit like oh crikey like this is pretty pretty full-on or uh, I think I was when it first happened I was like they've got to be joking like this is a bit uh, I can't believe they're doing it and I think that's why I, I'm upset that it hasn't happened this year because I think they're gonna get to next year and I'd be like oh yeah who is this girl they've realized that I'm just like had this one hit wonder and I'm actually not that good um so I was like okay I'm quickly gonna take up all the offers I can take this year before they realize that I'm a fraudster um but now I yeah it's weird to get messages of people being like, and I keep thinking they're fake and being like, is this a fake email? Is this a fake website that's like contacted me? Yeah, it, it must be pretty crazy. It must be. But, you know, uh, genuinely, like, I think we, we can all say, and I know you're super modest, but, you know, thoroughly deserved. Um, you're obviously very, very good at what you do. And I think yes. from my point of view is what I love more, more than anything about you is the fact that you quite obviously love it to the bottom of your heart. You know, I, I know of a lot of kind of, very good athletes and elite athletes, not necessarily runners and stuff. And it, it almost becomes a, um, a job for them, I guess, you know, it becomes a, you know, this is what I do kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's so lovely to hear you talk about it with such kind of wide open eyes and, you know, that wonder and amazement about it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I, I love that. And I, I, I don't think you need to worry about being a one hit wonder, put it that way. I hope so. I hope we can just run it and worry about it at the moment. <laughs> I think I think you'll get back to it. I think you know, people get injuries and people come back from them, you know. And I think I think you, you you're obviously very intelligent, and I think you will learn from it. What you know, whether in a big way or a small way, but I think it can only it can only be a good thing that you've had an opportunity to just to take some time out and reflect. And I you know I don't think you like you say I don't think you'll need to drastically change what you're doing because it obviously works, but it will in some ways allow you to superpower again what. What, what has been working I said you know I've been looking at these races you know I've, I've, I've had a you know four races kind of cancelled on me or postponed on me this year and it's really frustrating you know I've been training all winter for stuff and it is really quite hard but the races will still be there like and, and even if they're not we've been talking you know briefly about FKTs and stuff even if the race isn't there the, the terrain's still there you know um, and I'm taking this as a personal thing like I've suddenly realized this year that Actually, there's, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of, oh, I'll enter that race to go and run in that area. But there's nothing stopping you going out and setting some cool times on some cool trails and stuff. But, you know, for me personally, it's kind of, you know, um, I don't think there'll be a massive market change in, in UK running. But I think there will be a, a, a bit of a bit of a shift from people entering long distance races in the Lake District or wherever it be and, and going out and just setting times on trails. You know, it's always still there. That's what I keep saying, telling myself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and Al is there next year. There'll be there'll be more races back, maybe. But yeah. Have you enjoyed the bicycle, or is it a poor, poor uh, substitute for running? For me, I need Ali to like help me out. I don't know why I am so rubbish on a bike. Like, I think I'm like fairly fit. Like, I run quite a lot. I do a lot of swimming normally. Put me on a bike, and I am so like embarrassingly slow. It's. <laughs> It's a very different fitness and it's a very different mindset. I, I find it, it's genuinely, it's, I find it way, way easier to suffer on a bike than I can running. I can bury myself on a bike and really dig down and like really, really push myself on a bike, but I can't do it so much when I'm running. And you've probably just got it the other way around, I guess. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's different physiologically, but I think mentally it's a big shift. And I think, you know, a lot of people you know, and actually go, oh, well, I'm good at running or I'm good at cycling, therefore I'll be good at the other. And I think that pays to a certain extent. But it, yeah, it's amazing mm-hmm. how much of a difference yeah. it makes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
it, yeah, you think you're going to be fine because you think you can do, you're just generally quite good at sport, but it's so different. Yeah. I think, I think it's where my, my big chunky legs come into their own. I have to carry them when I'm running, but when I'm cycling, the wheel's going to do most of the work. So it's, yeah. And my little like spidery legs just don't really move against the wind when I'm on a hey, bike. Hey, yeah. swings and roundabouts, Philip. Yeah. you know. <laughs> so I think we've, we've grilled you quite a bit, Philip. One of the beautiful things that we found from doing a podcast is that it gives us an opportunity to interact with some of our listeners. And we've certainly had a few people really looking forward to us being able to interview you. So we've actually got some questions from listeners. From our fans. From, from your fans. <laughs> yeah, from your fans. We've, we've, got, we've garnered, the, garnered these by social media. Uh, Rosie uh, is asking, when you're not injured, what would you say your approximate usual weekly mileage is? Good question, Rosie. Uh... <laughs> and it, I mean, I know you don't use Strava. Do you, do you track your mileage at all? Do you really pay attention to it at all? No, I, that's something that I need. That I'm going to go back into running, doing a bit more. Uh, I think that I guess I run maybe like thirty to forty miles a week, but cool. maybe sometimes more, maybe sometimes less. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. If it's based on anything, do you measure it in any way? Like, do you say, "Oh, I've done about three hours this week," or do you just go off and run, depending on how your work gives you time? Then. Yeah, I think so. If I was to sit down at the end of the week, I could work out how much I've done, but I don't like, write it down and think, oh, last week I did this many hours and this week I'll do, try and do a similar amount. So you just fit and, in what you can fit in. Yeah, I think, yeah, with work this year, it's been quite a lot of like, this is a day when I can run and this is a day when I can't. So We've got another question from uh, Harriet. She says she thinks you're an amazing runner and she wants to know what is your favourite off-road race? Oh, out of the handful. Uh, I did really enjoy the Mickleton Straddle. I thought that was a really, like, the weather was pretty horrible when we did it, but it was quite a fun uh, loop to do. Yeah, so that's a loop from in, in the Peak District, isn't it? It starts towards the Woodhead Pass and runs over towards Derwent Reservoir yeah. at the top. So, yeah, some quite kind of... Quite remote, kind of moorland. Yeah, bleak and open, isn't it? Yeah, and one of those ones where you don't, and there's not marshals pointing in the direction of which way to go. And that was another one where you broke the record by about 10 minutes, is that right? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another good one. Um, We've got Rachel from Sheffield. I think she's a big fan. She says, (laughs) if you could achieve anything you wished for in running, what would it be? Oh, I don't know if I could get any better than coming third in the... Uh, well, I mean, you definitely can. Oh, well, you can. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, definitely, that's not going to happen. So, uh, I, it would be nice to do, maybe, I was going to say, maybe do like half marathon or a different distance for GB or for, to run something like that. But, yeah. also maybe I think I prefer off-road, so. Okay, cool. Uh, one, one last question before we uh, wrap up. Uh, this is from Eden. She says, who were your two favourite pals in Argentina? <laughs> That's my 16-year-old pal. Big up. Um, <laughs> God, it's, it's a good job you said how much you got on with her, isn't it? God, that'd be awkward. <laughs> Eden and Eve, yeah, were my, my pals. Are they a potential future GB senior prospects? Are you going to have to watch watch out behind you for them coming up? Yeah, I reckon they've both got, they've both got speed. They're okay. doing very well, yeah. Well, names to watch out for. Yeah, they are. Good runners. Wicked. Well, it's been really cool to talk to you, Philippa. Thank you for taking the time to come and speak to us. I'm sure our listeners 
hopefully going to take a lot from, from hearing from you. Good luck with the rest of your recovery. Thank you. I think, well, I know we're all looking forward to seeing you back out on the road, on the trail, wherever you want to run next. I'm sure you're going to tear it up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Philippa. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. What an awesome guest, Philippa Williams, GB runner all-round legend I, I love talking to her that was fantastic I'm just I'm just genuinely just blown away I say I, I've known her for, for, for a while like we all have a, a little bit but I just love it like the, the kind of laid-back attitude like I said I think in, in the record the kind of eyes wide open just kind of taking everything as it comes and just loving it as it as it hits her is you know, he's, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible, really, you know, and it's a, it's quite, quite a story, you know, if you'd have said someone's gone from running their first fell race in May to running, you know, the, the world championships in November and coming third, it, it's, it's pretty darn incredible. Yeah, I think, I mean, she's obviously running at a very elite level, you know, it's, it, you, you, there is no other way around it, she's an elite athlete, but I think perhaps what all of our listeners can take from it is that, it's her passion, you know, is what fuels her running the most. Um, she's obviously just just loves running, and that that drive to run in its purest form is what seems to propel her she, to to her performances. You know, just just run. Yeah, we we all like you said we we all you know we all have our bronze medals. You know, that they, they might not be at the Mountain Running World Championships, but you know, if if we can all just get out and love it, then. You know, it's it's a it's a really nice lesson to take from it that you know there's a lot to be said for structured training and and you know going at it with with you know a lot of tactics in races and this that and the other. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're not loving it, then then what's the point? Yeah. There's also talent, which is obviously she's obviously got a ton of talent and going to be someone pretty interested to see how they develop over the next few years, isn't it? I think that'll be a big thing also. Yeah, I hope she I hope she recovers from her injury, which I'm sure she will, and can continue to progress just with her training and her running. And like, yeah, like you say, Charlie, I think she can continue to exceed her running ability now. And yeah, who knows? Maybe she could get that gold medal or or make the transition to you know GB teams for road running. I certainly think she could do that. You know, it's mm. I think there's a the world is at her feet in terms of running right now. Oh, completely, completely. And talking of um getting out in the hills and, and enjoying yourself, Charlie, have you been out onto Big Moor recently? How have you, you know, have you, have you managed to find your keys at all? You, or? Running everywhere because you can't drive your car anymore. Uh, <laughs> Is that I, how you did the 70 mile week? <laughs> looking for your key. I, went, I went the morning after um, and just realised that it's, he's, he's gone. That, that key is long, long gone in the uh, thicket of, Big Moor, which is a rather big Moor, Sally pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's off to the garage to see if they'll, they'll do me another and hopefully learn my lesson, which is do your pockets up. <laughs> I always um, tie my, my keys to my drawstring on my shorts because I, I always have that fear that it's going to bounce out or fall out or something. So I, I just try and get into habit now. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you if you don't want to run with it, you can get. I know it's probably a bit excessive, but um, you can get like these lock boxes, which you can then lock onto your alloy or your tow bar. 
rather than just leaving your key mm-hmm. on your car wheel mm-hmm. it's a padlock box which you can lock onto your car so you just leave it externally but it's like secure yeah. and then you just have to remember the pin code to unlock it that's right i always end up i always run with a like a, a utility belt type thing uh, oh, yeah. when i'm running off road if i like go batman. in the car like batman yeah like batman it's Whoa. got you know Whoa. it's it's got Japanese throwing stars. Anti-shark spray. Yeah, exactly. You know, you never know what you're going to find in the peak. What if people walking past your car decide, oh, I'll just give one, two, three, four a go? Um, well, you don't put one, two, three, well, four yeah, as a mate. code, Charlie. <laughs> then they would steal your keys again, wouldn't they? And it would be your fault for having such ridiculous... <laughs> Look, luckily, we've only got two listeners, Charlie, so you're all right. Yeah. Well, I know. It was, that was a very clever trap. Just, uh, it's, yeah. it's four three two one, is it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 whilst whilst we're on the on the theme of listeners and finding things in the Peak District, um, you may remember. Nice segue, Jamie. Wow. Sorry, I can't let that go. That was a great oh, segue. It's coming up. Wait for it. Sorry, I, I interrupted your flow. Go back. Go back. Go. <laughs> Harking back to uh, episode three when we were joined by Mr. Stuart Walker. Um, of runners v rubbish we we challenged our listeners to go out for a run um and if they felt comfortable to grab grab some litter that might have been uh out on the trail and get a picture of themselves with with said litter and then hopefully deposit it in a bin rather than just leaving it back on the floor um so we had five winners overall we had a really good response actually so thank you for everyone yeah. that entered and did the bit at the end of the day, you know, it makes a big difference to the environment and to everybody's enjoyment out on the trails. But yeah, so uh, Mark Yallop, Lindsay and Jim, Harriet from Sheffield, Chris Brook, and also Steve Frith were our competition winners. Thank you to all of them. Um, you hopefully will have received your socks already by the time you're listening to this. And if you haven't, it's all Ali's fault and you can complain directly to him about where your socks are. Yeah, they're all in the post. If not, they should have arrived with you already, hopefully. Or if you're in Sheffield, hand delivered by one of us. Um, we'll try not to sweat on them too much when we run over. We won't wear them to your house, obviously. <laughs> We're not going to give you you socks. <laughs> Thinking back to our listeners as well, I did a virtual 10K on Sunday. And because it was virtual, I was allowed to have music. And I started with Muse Starlight, as per somebody's recommendation. And I uh, followed it up with a couple of other Muse songs. Newborn really was really was up there. So yeah, I don't know the name of the person who recommended me some Muse, but it was good to get that stuff back on and get myself into a sweaty mess on a hot day and finish the 10k feeling like I want to be sick. So uh, yeah, thanks for the inspiration. Well, I have to, I have to, I have to again a, a retrospective apology to that to one of our followers on Instagram, Muse Runner. Because at the time of recording, I couldn't actually find the answers to the questions I'd posed. So I, I suggested Starlight off the top of my head, um, but I got it wrong. And it was actually Survival by Muse Ooh. that uh, Muse Runner had suggested. We also had a few other options. Someone shouted out Kings of Leon, uh, the track Crawl. And then also Sunshine on Leith. Not sure. Oh, that's John Staniford written all over it. Is that from John Staniford? Yeah. Uh, Stanley two seven seven two. Also, thank God I'm a country boy. That, yeah, that's all over. So, <laughs> how did I know that was John? John, if you're listening, you're a strange, strange man. Um, I'll listen to those, John, with great pleasure. 
Brilliant. I, I shared a van with John over to northern Belgium to Flanders last year and he had control of Spotify and I can fully guarantee it's worse than Charlie's music taste. Well, our listeners will be able to determine that for themselves because by the time that this podcast is is out in, in the open, Charlie Baker's On The Back Foot podcast playlist will, will also be able for you to peruse and listen to and critique at your own leisure. So... Just, John, could you just suggest a couple of songs that would really get up Ali's nose? I can, I've, I've actually got the playlist. He, he made the playlist on my Spotify. I'll get oh. it up now. It's called Cruising. Lovely. We've got, we've got some of the... We've got, else, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we've got, which actually is a great song. We've got I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince, which is yeah, very, that's... very good. We've got One Love by Blue, bit of Human League, yeah, Amber... There's there's a real there's a real mix in there. Eurythmics. It's um it's an it's an interesting mix. And I think you and John would get on quite well, Charlie. Yeah, there's a dangerous possibility of this listening to your listening to your description and his music taste. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's start. I think you know think about winding up. I so said we've lost Bart to kind of doing the hoovering or something. So we'll we'll look at winding up. Um, but I think we'll we'll. You know what? What have we learned from from today's episode from from Philippa and what we talked about, Jamie? What's been your kind of take home take home message? You reckon? I think my take home, uh, especially from listening to Philippa, is that it's okay to just run. You know, if you love running, you don't have to. You don't have to log it. You don't have to have Strava. You don't have to know every metric about your data. Sometimes it's it's fine to just run. But equally, if you are getting into running. If you haven't run over 30 miles before, sometimes it's not the best thing to go and run two marathons back to back. Yeah, sorry, Philip. Probably, <laughs> sorry, not, Philip. The best, probably not the best thing to do. Um, no, I think you're right. And I, th- I think, again, it, it's kind of, it shows that you, you can fit things around work. And, you know, Philippa obviously is, is a doctor and is, does very important work, especially at the moment. And um, But kind of regardless of what you do is, is fit it around work. And, and don't worry too much if, you get home and you're a bit tired and you know, you can only get a short run in or equally if all of a sudden you feel great and you want to run long and you run into the night kind of thing, just yeah, get out there when, when you can and when you feel it's right, you know, you've got to listen to your body. And if you're completely knackered from work, don't try and shove in loads of training because you know, that's where things can go wrong. So kind of listen to your body and yeah, fit things around your life. At the end of the day, we're not all pro athletes where we can get home from a run and have a massage and lie down. So yeah, listen to your body and yeah, fit it in around life, I guess. Yeah, I think I, it was sort of similar kind of thing. I think like, you know, we learned that you can just, you just turn up, you give it your best. And like, sometimes it's the person whose roof is falling in and is arriving late to the uh, <laughs> the international track meet without a Scooby, who's basically like, brilliant, I'm on holiday, let's get an ice cream and go to the pool, who actually turns out to be the one who comes first out of the group. So uh, as good as all this stretching and all the... Uh, little bits that go on around it are you know just just you've got to you've got to go and run and run your best um and sometimes you can overthink it no i think you're absolutely right charlie i think i think that's a perfect way to end this week's episode of the podcast so whoever you are wherever you are have a great week thank you for listening and we look forward to talking with you again very soon goodbye i don't know why i just waved then (laughs) Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
talked about running, we talked about other things too. Thank you for joining, we hope you enjoyed it.